0: Sam Prendergast. He's Mr. Composure for the end of the game to bring a team from behind to win. You can't win anything with kids. You know, it was... I actually thought it was fantastic and I don't know if you can hold back the hype. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. The Football kickoff with Sky. Watch every single live Premier
1: League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Alright, it's half eleven on a Friday which means it is time for the football kickoff with Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel that'll let you uh, comment when we're live uh, or indeed afterwards and I'm delighted to say Keith Tracy and Phil Egan are with
2: us Uh, Keith, big Sam a blast from the past back again Yeah, Sam's back Um, I'm... I don't know what to think of it if the fixture list wasn't as bad as it is for Leeds then I would give them half a chance but I think even Big Sam will have his hands tied with this one but one thing he will do he'll get them motivated he'll play percentage football it won't be pretty but I think they've a better chance than he did under Javi Garcia Uh, you understand
1: exactly what people mean when they say percentage football very specifically so you you played for Big Sam at uh, at Blackburn for a period of time and um uh, sometimes you didn't always cross the ball to his liking what happens
2: No, well, there was a couple of times on a Friday we, it would be 11v11 11 11, the starting 11 against the, the spare shim pads and I, I, I remember coming in off the left and I played the ball into Benny McCarthy's feet and Benny controlled it and the whole session gets stopped No, no 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 I don't want this I don't want this if you play that ball in there if that ball gets caught the percentages are they're going to do this and they're going to hurt us so I, what I want you to do is clip it into the grass and behind percentages are we'll win a throw in we'll get a set piece we'll put the ball into the box and look it was very robotic but he came in to, get, to keep Blackburn up that year he did that and you know I think he got a fairly big bonus for it as well at the time so it, it's what he does it's what he does like one of my friends said to me you know would you like Big Sam or would you like Pep to keep you up at this time there's only one person you call at this time and it's Big Sam, isn't its is it, is it? Would Pep <laughs> not be able to work his way around and be like, oh, look, they've got a weakness at right back. We're just going to pummel the right back with the grand." But with the way Leeds are, with the, See, with, with the defensive buying... frailties yeah. Leeds have, I don't think Pep could go in there and change it in four games. I'm sure he could over the course of a season. He, he could him, like, get his philosophy in there. He could change things. But when you've got four games to go on, you're rolling the dice. So in this, in this instance, you agree with Big Sam that he is as good, if not better, than... Yeah, look, I I think he's definitely on a level. I don't think, look, people will say Pep's way of football is better, but for what they do, for what Sam Allardyce does, it's at the it's at the other end of the table, but for what he does, keeping teams up, teams that aren't generally good enough to be in the league, he keeps them in the league, and that's what he does. That's his remit as a manager, he does that. And I tell you, would you prefer Pep to I go into the for I've, four I games? I
1: think I'd probably prefer Pep at this stage. I think that he'd be able to unleash something that... Um Nah, there's only one man you call. Is there, there's is there, Okay. okay.
0: Well. It's been a while. But if you think back to when he was the Bolton manager, and I can see what he was getting at with his talk at his press conference during the week. Analytics. He brought that stuff in with Bolton where it was about getting the extras, like the small little things that obviously make the big difference at the end of the season. Now, the problem is the game has moved on a lot. And I think we kind of saw that when he was West Brom manager and it didn't go very well. They obviously got relegated and but I would agree that they have a better chance of staying up under Big Sam than they did under Gracia. I think I agree with that, that too but that doesn't mean they're going to stay up
2: yeah look I I, I know exactly what's going to happen it's going to be percentage football but the, what Phil is saying is right the game has moved on but the, base, the basics of the game are the same you play the ball in the right area you're playing Manchester City on Saturday Manchester City will not nick the ball against Leeds in Leeds' own half because Sam won't let that happen. The ball, if the, when Manchester City get the ball or they nick the ball, it's going to be in their own half. So they're going to have 78 yards of the pitch to go and break Leeds down. Leeds won't give anybody anything anymore. But I, I have to say the fixture list is, is very, very tough and the defensive players that Leeds have, I don't think can hold any other team out. So their fixture list is
1: uh, away at Man City tomorrow at 3 o'clock and then the following Saturday it is... Newcastle at home and then it's away at West Ham and then it is Spurs on, that is the last day of the season? four yep. games left? Yeah, yep. Spurs on the last day of the season. Um, who knows what Spurs will be like? Who
2: knows? Even West Ham. West Ham will still, hopefully, still be in Europe as well so that might take one eye off so maybe Leeds could get something there but well, Newcastle and Man City.
0: Yeah, regardless even, regardless of how West Ham do against Alkmaar, that's two extra games they have and Moyes is pretty much sticking with his 11 now because we've talked about this before those players that he's brought in haven't really done it for him so he's gone back to basics so maybe that's something like even Leeds tomorrow have had a bit of an extra rest City will have one eye on the the Real Madrid first leg but they could even leave Haaland on the bench and they'd still
1: yeah, I, I I expect them to leave Hand on the bench to be honest, or uh, maybe they won't. Uh, they haven't done it that often, but uh, I would certainly, if I'm Pep. But there's only one thing that I want to win this season. Like even if they blow the league from here, you know, uh, and win the Champions League, everyone be like, okay, fair enough.
2: Yeah. No, I I think Manchester City be a lot more ambitious than that. I think with the squad that they have, I know it's going to get tough. I know Arsenal are still pushing them, but with the squad they have, with the players they have on the bench, with the 17 or 18 players they can rotate. I think they should win both I, I I do think they should win both yeah. um, and I do think that they could easily rotate I, I take your point if, if it was one or the other Manchester City would take yeah, the I'm Champions League it.
1: but I think they should win both Anybody with the, the hint of a tweak or anybody with any of the, the stats coming off or the blood work saying this guy because you know like a, any chance of injury in this game Yeah, I'm like no thanks like it's possible that everybody loses all the games for the rest of the season between uh, now and the end Everton
0: and Forrest are so bad Forrest have Southampton still and that's at the City Ground, so that's you kind of think that it would be unbelievable if Big Sam got his bonus for keeping Leeds in the Premier League yeah, winning a game. A game. <laughs> I don't think
1: that can happen though. The bonus is reportedly two and a half million. This is going to be like one of the
0: highest-paid managers in world football over this period of time. It's up there with it's up there with Pep. It's huge though. If yeah. he keeps them up, well, there's already talk that Brendan Rodgers is going to be the next Leeds manager. Right. Whereas you think if they go to the Championship. I'm calling it now they get somebody like Scott Parker that's kind of like that's the difference Yeah, they could end up with a Scott Parker bring us back up kind of thing
1: uh, so there's strong rumours that they're going to be bought out by the San Francisco 49ers as well who have a decent track record of, of building and um, investing properly and, and they like their hotshot young coaches and Brennan Rodgers will be right up their street um, but I wondered is that take over go through or do they go well we could just buy someone else
0: who's actually in the Premier League and that's why Like, if he does keep them up I know people say that's a lot of money but you know it's it's small in comparison to what it would mean for the future if if he does
1: any of the actual work that gets them up that's the thing it's like you know if they do lose all the games and somehow uh, Southampton beat Forest and everybody's like so bad that they somehow manage to stay up that would be remarkable
0: one thing that has come from his press conference today I'm kind of sensing that he's going to drop Melier right um, he was asked about it he said that for me is probably the biggest decision I have to make today Right. so he said he looks grand in training but he said confidence in training. his yeah. confidence is completely shot um, the backup is Joel Robles who Everton fans will remember wasn't wasn't great but his you know he he's starting at a point where if he comes in yeah. his confidence isn't shot Melier just is making too many mistakes and it seems anything he does wrong gets punished if he drops across it ends up in the back of the net and I just wonder he goes back to percentages he talking does, about. yeah
2: I remember him he, he really loved uh, remember Paul Robinson Paul yeah. Robinson was our goalkeeper at Blackburn a he was a set-piece taker he was a set-piece taker that was one of Paul Robinson's big assets was that from about just outside our own 18-yard box we'd win a free kick and we'd put all the big lads up and Paul Robinson would just boom it into the box and we'd play second second balls from there but like I said it's, a, it's very very hard to score from your own 18-yard box Yeah. Eh? so so,
1: how does he set up tomorrow against Manchester City? Do you think it's it's like it's essentially park the bus?
2: Uh, it will be park the bus. Uh, it'll be a four a four five one, four four two. It'll be something very very basic because he hasn't had a lot of time with the lads. He will try and protect uh, uh, cock at the back. Uh, Christiansen, not great defenders. Even Luke Ayling, he's not bad going forward, but defensively very very questionable. A lot of them. So he will try and protect them with the wingers with the two centre midfielders. And it it, w- it will be a slog. They will play for set pieces. They will play for moments. So I heard him speaking on Sky earlier and he said, if we get a chance in the game. You know, not a lot of managers <laughs> say if we get a chance. But look, he will also be saying... When that, we get chances, no, no, no. If we get a chance. Don't he, be. he's a realist, you know. And, and he also said that if we do get have a chance, we have to hit the back of the net. And that's not something Leeds have been doing often. They haven't been keeping teams out. But look, I think if they get the bones, if they get a, a fighting loss against Manchester City, I think the Leeds fans could take that moving forward. And it gets a little bit easier against Newcastle but not an awful lot yeah I was thinking that
1: West Ham would probably be safe but they won't be really no, if, no. if teams do win games that, yeah, like, no, let's they're, assume that they're somebody still somebody
0: definitely in it yeah
1: somebody somewhere starts to go on a bit of a run which there's been no sign of so far
0: yeah well, the, what, West, Palace. West Ham are on 34 points aren't they yeah yeah so I mean they're, they're still one you'd you think they'd need at least another win and they've, they've been playing okay even the City game the other night they played well but then City got the breakthrough and that was that and it was from a set piece City score a lot from set pieces but I suppose when you get plenty of set pieces because you get fouled a lot because you have plenty of possession yeah. but what was when you look at the Ake goal it's about six West Ham players around Haaland and then there's three City players at the back post yeah it has an impact yeah there's
1: space somewhere right I should actually run you through the fixes that we're going to do obviously that was the three o'clock kickoff Manchester City against Leeds it's um, three o'clock uh, it says here in Sky Sports. It is, yeah. It's yeah?
2: because
0: of the coronation, yeah. Ah, okay, all right. Coronation yeah. <laughs> also the Champions League as well, right? Um, uh, that, that
1: they're breaking the they're using this opportunity to break the Saturday afternoon blackout. Yeah. Right,
0: the king has spoken. Uh,
1: <laughs> so that is three o'clock on Sky Sports. Spurs versus Crystal Palace is three o'clock on Premier Sports. Liverpool versus Brentford half past five on Sky Sports. On Sunday, Newcastle versus Arsenal live comms with uh, Stephen Doyle and Brian Kerr on that one, and then on Sunday evening, yeah. West Ham versus Manchester United, you know, what's going on? And even on seven Monday, o'clock on BC there's, Sport. there's
0: three games on Monday. There's a three o'clock game on Monday.
1: Can they get a king every week so we can have this? Or is this like, is that a once in a lifetime thing? I don't know.
0: I'm going to be home on Monday at three o'clock and I could sit there and watch three games back to back.
2: Brilliant, isn't it? At seven o'clock, the United game on Sunday. Yeah. Is it a bank holiday on Monday in England? It would be, yeah. Oh, yeah right. They go after us, don't they? Yeah.
1: There you go you learn something new every day come to this show for the football stuff and you get some coronation wisdom dropped on you uh, ok so Man City against Leeds we expect notwithstanding the bus being parked and maybe a weakened Man City side to still tear them apart yeah uh, now they were a bit easy ozzy I, I West Ham good but also maybe they were just relaxed They you they could o- always u- up it a
0: bit yeah it's, West Ham pretty much approached the game as you would think Leeds will yeah and you'd imagine West Ham are better at that than Leeds and it still finished 3-0 so it's about not getting a hiding they got they got beaten 7-0 there last season so you can't like you, as Keith Wait, said there the you, five managers that
1: have come in between yeah. was, that, and was that still Bielsa I, or
0: it? It, it, I think it still was Bielsa yeah. yeah I mean it's amazing like we've gone from Bielsa to Big Sam in 14 months that's the name of the documentary right there from Bielsa to Big Sam <laughs> what went wrong at Leeds hmm this time
2: I, I don't know look I, you, you said it Phil there a few minutes ago set pieces are a big big part of the game and look, and, and you've also said that if Manchester City have one or two little niggles little knocks we'll just don't play them yeah. Sam will be lapping that up thinking don't play your big players we'll kick the legs off the ones who are coming in who aren't up to scratch and he's going to make it hard he's going to make it tough it's going to be physical I, Manchester City have an awful lot to play for it's not going to be glamorous just drag them into the trenches and see what they do see if they have the fight that's all that big Sam will want like uh, I,
1: I, at the very end last season Manchester City still needed to come from behind against Villa to win the league and wrap it up mm. as I've said this on air already this week as a Villa fan I never had any doubt at all that they were going to somehow manage to screw that situation up so I never felt in any way excited or confident about it and you know Stephen Gerrard blah 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 but um, they're not they're not totally robots this Man City team they haven't been totally robots the whole way through mm. they've, they've found sometimes big occasions maybe that's a little bit because Pep tells them what to do all the time that they, they don't always think their way through these situations
2: yeah, look, Pep. It is a little bit methodical watching Manchester City. It's, it's almost like a chess game. Players go in certain positions, and it's all so well coached that you're thinking, "Where, where does the player take over here?" But when you look at the likes of De Bruyne and when he gets on the half turn and the passes he plays, I'm sure Pep isn't saying, "Listen, play that through the Ivan Eagle," because no. people don't see that. Kevin De Bruyne sees that. So, are
0: you playing De Bruyne in this game? Well, he's he's been out the last couple of games, so you're thinking you don't risk him. No, surely not no you yeah, like have him in cotton wool to make still sure that he's playing at
1: least a second leg
0: like even regardless of who they play in there whether like even Foden came back in and I'm sticking Foden straight in the team and, and scored great. I think Grealish has happened, a brilliant season yeah. especially the second half of the season yeah um, if, if you didn't start Haaland Alvarez is still quality look at the goal he scored against Fulham last weekend maybe you start Haaland
1: and take him off at half time with the job done maybe that's yeah.
2: the yeah after he scores a hat-trick take like, him off yeah
1: know. All right. So we're predicting a tight game. Uh there will be a response from the team to Big Sam.
2: Yeah, there'll be there'll be something there. He'll he'll put the bones of something in place, but like I said, I think that the opposition they're playing I think if they were playing teams around them I'd give them a, a much better chance, but they're playing top half teams, so I think it'll just be too much. But they could get lucky, you know, maybe nobody'll pick up a point like we're saying. Yeah, okay. Spurs
1: versus Crystal Palace is next. Uh Palace obviously, yeah, the the old crew of managers who've come
0: out and just steady the ship and straight away everything got way better yeah no, I remember when they got rid of Vieira I looked at the fixtures and they had 10 games to go and 8 of those games were against teams below them right so they were nice I'm <laughs> uh, not look Roy Hodgson deserves would Vieira
1: have actually managed well, to
0: we'll never know we'll never know but Roy Hodgson obviously has already got them to 40 points with 4 games to spare and you'd imagine they'll build on that and They'll fancy the chances against Spurs especially the Spurs we've seen like Spurs I was looking at their their records so 33 games their last 33 games in all competitions they've scored 12 first half goals they've only been in ahead at half time on 5 occasions and obviously they came back against United almost came back against Liverpool but they, they've been doing it all season just poor first halves so Palace is the kind of team as well if you if, if you give them a lead they'll just pick you off in the break they've got some really good players in the break obviously Do
1: you actually think Palace are going to win this game? Was there not enough fight from
2: Spurs from 3-0 down against Liverpool to... Why are you fighting at 3-0 down? I don't down? know I
1: don't know because they're Spurs it makes no sense I
2: uh, I think you hear what Klopp said after the game. He says, Spores are too good just to be a counter-attacking team. They have to be more than just counter-attacking. And I think that's basically what Spurs are. I think they struggle to to break teams down if teams are rigid and you stay with them. But more expansive teams that would go punch for punch with them, I think, will get beaten. Or they'll get beaten by them. But Crystal Palace will be defensively really rigid. They'll play for parts. And Zaha, Eze, Elise will get them up the pitch. And I do fancy Crystal Palace. So I think... You know, the the basics of defending with, with Spurs I can talk about yet yeah, they got back into the game, they came back at this point, they done that at that, but why wait? They start the game like that. If you start the game like that, they they have half a chance to go on and win the game, but look it's it, they're giving themselves too much of a mountain to climb and the it, it looks like a a club without a manager. There looks like there's no fear whatsoever in the dressing room or going in at half time with these poor performances at St James's Park. They're just walking in. It I think they need somebody there with a bit of fear and the, the, like you say the basis of defending being compact when you don't have the ball they're a million miles off it despite being absolute pants for the last
1: two and a half months essentially they're only nine points behind Manchester United mm-hmm. in fourth place if they would hired an actual manager instead of this kind of oh we're not sure we're, do we definitely know he's not our guy but we don't know who the next guy is and we're going to take months and months to find it then they might have actually had Champions League football next like season they
0: were in a good place they had ten games to go with Stellini and I, it was make or break it was like right Conte has said all these things about you prove him wrong but they haven't they've done exactly what he said they would do and have been doing like would Conte have got them better results than this was that
1: like I realised that they were getting divorced in the summer but until then like you know let's just for the sake of the kids let's just stay together till the summer
2: well, look, I think that I think you'd be more afraid going in when you're getting beaten 6-1 at St. James and then Conte's in the dressing room waiting on you. I think there's yeah. a bit of fear and you're yeah. thinking this won't happen again. And at just, Half-time, just like heads they wouldn't are going to roll, do You know what I mean? But then then they go and concede four at Anfield and I know there's, there's parts of that that you like but there's, there's so many parts of it that you don't like. The Defensively, they're just absolutely all over the shop. They really are. But Alright, so you're giving Palace a good shot of beating them. Yeah, I would think Palace
1: will beat them, yeah. Alright. Uh, Liverpool versus Brentford at half past five Plucky Brentford who um, again themselves could have been looking at European competition next season they probably don't have a squad big enough for it Mm. uh, at the moment but um, again they've caused trouble for Liverpool right?
0: Yeah they outplayed them um, in the the home game in, in Brentford earlier in the season and just pretty much did what many teams have done to Liverpool away from home where they just always seem to have a flood of players attacking Liverpool and Liverpool don't have enough numbers back and there's still that is still happening even obviously Spurs had plenty of chances last week against Fulham Fulham created problems Liverpool you know eked out a win like five wins in a row now the only thing the difference is in midfield they're starting to they're starting to win tackles and it's just the, the extra man in there Trent Alexander-Arnold who just looks completely revitalised even obviously he's everywhere he's getting on the ball but even out of possession you know, you see him busting a gut to get back into defensive shape and that change has definitely worked in his favour and Liverpool's favour. They're still light in midfield and obviously we know they're going to invest. That's where most of the investment is going to come over the summer. That midfield. and The McAllister links are getting stronger and stronger. And Yeah, well, I think any Liverpool fan watching the game last night would have been even more excited because obviously, you know, they, they could have a new penalty taker. But um, he... Yeah, he has this unbelievable knack of just being able to nick possession. And you know, he looks like quite a small player, but he's he's physical. And even there was a a shot that he hit with his left foot in the second half last night, which good save from De Gea. Liverpool don't score enough goals from midfield. They don't have players that drive on and can smash one in from thirty yards out. Yeah, they need more of that because
1: Liverpool fans will be happy with McAllister.
0: Oh, I think so. Yeah, I mean even. Brighton have beaten Liverpool a couple of times this season in the, the Cup and in the league, and there was a three all draw at Anfield. Liverpool fans would have seen enough in the likes of Casado and How much and is McAllister? They're probably talking about 60 million. I think. Are
2: they? Mm-hmm. And what, what you got left on your contract? I don't know, actually. That'll be the big one. But for a World Cup winner. Yeah, I, I think he's a great player. I think he'd be a great fit for Liverpool. He's, he has that little bit of guile, loads of class, plays on the half turn. Very, very good defensively. I don't think mm. he gets enough uh, no, credit no, for how, how good he is defensively. And he has that one thing that I think every every top player has, especially the t- attacking players. He has a little bit of nastiness in him as well. Saw that last <clears> night, nice, yeah. Yeah, where he, he'll actually leave the stud in. And I like that with, with players because so many times you can intimidate an attacking player, you can get on top of him physically mm. and they shy away, but. Not McAllister, I really love that amount. Uh, Transfer
1: Market says his current market value is £40 million, which you'd bite your hand off to get that. Yeah, you're not when getting you consider, that. When no. you consider the price for Jude Bellingham is three times that, probably. Um, so, uh, we shall see. Okay, uh, I couldn't find exactly the details on his contract there. Liverpool are going to beat Brentford at home. Their home record is good. Their home form hasn't been great. You'd have to say it's been, like, wild.
0: Yeah, it th- and yeah they're, they're getting the wins. But... The only thing is, I don't think they can play as bad as they did against Fulham the other night. Um, they, they started with Diaz, Nunes, and Salah. Nunes Nunes played through the middle and just had a shocker. But Liverpool, their final ball all night was was awful. Um, but Trent was their Trent Alexander Arnold was their probably their best outfield player. Allison will definitely go down as their player of the season, which kind of tells you everything you need to know about Liverpool's season. But yeah he'll make a few changes Robertson was left on the bench he'll probably start um, I think Gakbo will probably come back in so it, it, Brentford are the kind of team though yeah, like they're not going to give it to you easy you're going to have to break them down so if Liverpool don't play well they don't win
1: uh, says, Spotrack says he's got two years left after this season on his deal so that's why the price is going to be whatever it is
2: 100 million plus then if he has two years left but to go back to, to Liverpool and Brentford, I, uh, I actually fancy Brentford. I think Brentford will, will win the game. I know Liverpool, on a great, they're, they're winning games, they're getting over the line. But like when I look at the West Ham game, they won that 2 1. I I think they were quite lucky. I think West Ham could have had a penalty in that when you look at the Spurs game. If Lucas Moura controls that or just kicks it down the pitch, they don't get that win there. And the Fulham, one, they weren't great against Fulham either. So it's less than convincing for me, but they are just getting over the line. They're just winning games, but I think Brentford will physically match them. Their output might even be better. And I don't think they'd be intimidated by the Anfield crowd.
1: When you're in a changing room and you're winning those games where you're absolutely poxed to win it, are you thinking we are immortal? Are you like, oh, what, like...
2: I think it depends what type of character you are. If you Sometimes realists will come in and go, lads, we were lucky there, we need to buckle down. But there will be people who are away with the fairies and think, oh, we won the game, who cares, let's just move on. But, you know, as long as they're winning, I don't think they'll be flagged up too much. But I'm starting to scratch it and I'm analysing it. And like I say, I think they've been lucky in one or two. Even the forest one at home, Forrest scored two goals at Anfield, which I know Liverpool won the game, so nobody really cares, but Forrest scored two goals. That's, that's not good enough. Without
0: even trying, it was almost like Forrest weren't even trying to score goals that day and they still scored two and one thing that they did that day was they were a threat from long throws and set pieces and that is bread and butter for brentford but brentford are yeah sometimes i mean they they are the only team to win away to city this season in the league they can do things like that. But then some days they turn up, they're very ordinary.
1: Yeah. Some days it's 4-0, 45 minutes into the game and you're like, well, that's kind of what we expected from this Brentford team. But uh, they've been brilliant so far mm. in their time well, in the I, I, League.
0: I thought they'd, they'd struggle this season, um, second season syndrome, but they've been brilliant. No sign of it. They're, no.
1: they're now properly established and it you, know, they, you do hope that the manager stays and that... Um, whatever suspension is imminent for their star players not too long doesn't derail them Newcastle against Arsenal half past four on Sunday this game is on Sky Sports there's also live commentary on Off The Wall on Sunday with Stephen Doyle and Brian Kerr and Judy for that one Um, this is really interesting right like just to see exactly where Newcastle are to see exactly where Arsenal are at the moment Um, maybe less important for this season and more important for next season assuming of course that Man City win the league
2: yeah, well, I don't think. Uh, I think it's a great game. I think, like you said, I don't think there's an awful lot on the line. I think Arsenal f- will finish second. They, they obviously won't be caught. I don't think. I think Newcastle will finish third. I think they'll stay away from Manchester United. And as an Arsenal fan, I, I'm, I'm fearful. I'm very, very fearful going into this game, having seen what, what they do to people at Saint James's, especially Spurs. They, they played well against Everton as well and then beat Southampton 3-1 convincingly so Newcastle defensively brilliant uh, Shar Bottman and Dan Bourne excellent trippy gives you, gives you an assist and, and can, can defend properly as well Gamardes in the middle has been excellent and the boys up front just keep ticking up these numbers Almiron's got better Joe Linton really really good stuff so I'm fearful I think if Arsenal can get through the first 20-25 minutes and it'd be nil all or maybe even one nil to Newcastle I fancy Arsenal to go and get something but the first 25 minutes would be crucial they will have to start like a house on fire and I just don't want to see Arsenal having kickouts outs in, the, in you know, five minutes on the clock Arsenal having a kick out and forcing the play if, if Newcastle's press is good give them the I'll say yeah your press is good just go and clip her over the channel and say if you're going to score make it difficult don't do what Spurs did please don't do what Spurs did there Can
1: an Arteta team or a Pep team can they do that?
2: A Pep team can't. Right. No, but Pep has the players that he can demand that they play under that sort of pressure. Arsenal do have that, but it's a sticky period. And for the first 15, 20 minutes, the press is going to be 100%. It's going to be St. James is going to be bouncing. Disconnect the fans. They don't want to see balls in behind. They don't want to see Kieran Trippier throwing in the ball 90 yards away from his goal and it all being hot, hustle and justle up that end of the pitch don't give them anything make it really horrible Toy a, be- a bootleg get the keeper to go down all that sort of horrible stuff are those conversations
1: against. had like is that it? because that, that's it feels almost like that's too nitty gritty like that Arteta's all about the detail of like your hip positions and you know your exact spot on the field of play as opposed to the emotional stuff of quieting the
2: crowd I think you're right I think for, for whatever reason managers take it as a given that players will do this these days but it's it's one of these things that when I was playing it was massive in the game especially with the bigger clubs that were playing in Europe and they were relentless they would go down they would kill the game at moments when they were getting tired to get, get their 30 seconds a minute and a half rest whatever it was and that was spoken about that was spoken about we Co- all coached was yeah it was coached yeah. even now well, I'm sure Sam Allardyce will say it to the Leeds players when he's uh, running around against Manchester City and he's uh, tired don't be afraid to go down take his uh, time chill out disconnect Manchester City make them think they don't want to be here and get the crowd disconnect connected as well so look it's not nice but when you go to these places I don't want Arsenal to just sit there and go it's Newcastle we should beat them give them a bit of respect it's in St James they're going to be 100% do what they don't want you to do for the first 20 minutes get them running towards their own goal then play away into it and see where you go from there but the first 20 minutes of this one is going to be absolutely massive
0: yeah and think back to the game at the Emirates Newcastle did that to Arsenal they frustrated them there was a nice bit of a needle to it and just listening to Jacquet in the build-up to this game he described this game last season this is the one where we kind of knew after this that that was Arsenal done for their Champions League place and in his words Newcastle destroyed us that night is what he said right. so I think Arteta has a couple of big calls to make he obviously took Thomas Partey out for the Chelsea game does he stick with Jorginho uh, Partey was awful against Manchester City so bad I don't think he's fit and you know he, De Bruyne was just going by him way too easy so there's that um, what does he do in attack does he does he start Trossard but again Newcastle are going to turn up thinking this is it but I actually think if Arsenal could win this game I look I still think City are going to win the league and obviously they're going to probably be further ahead of Arsenal by the time this game kicks off on Sunday but if Arsenal could win this game they're definitely I, st- I think there's still an outside chance they win the league because City are then getting into those Real Madrid games that's Arsenal's toughest game out of the way this is the one even when Arsenal were ahead of City and it was in their own hands this was the game I was looking at apart from the City game where I thought this is make or break for Arsenal so we know they're, they're guaranteed to finish second
1: yeah uh, City actually finished the season with two away games and so they're they're fixture list in the league for Manchester City for the the rest of the season is uh, the league United game that we've spoken about Big Sam that's tomorrow and then it's Real Madrid and then it's away at Everton and then it is at home to Real Madrid and then it's at home for Chelsea which we could still have Frank Lampard on the worst run in the history of
0: football which would be amazing and then they're away at Brighton Mm. and then they're away at Brentford and we saw how Brighton played last night and obviously played last weekend Brighton on their day are an exceptional team and they create chances and if if those chances go in, then City are in trouble. But and even that game away to Everton, mm. like that's been a sticky enough game for City the last couple of seasons where they've eked out wins. But like Everton are fighting for their lives, so I'm just I just think if if Arsenal, I I don't know, sitting here now I I wouldn't be. I'd be calling it almost 70-30 for Newcastle but if Arsenal could actually come out with a win then I think they're right back in it I think it, like uh, fair enough and look if, if Leeds somehow
1: manage to do something against Man City then like all bets are off but um, from Arsenal's perspective for next season as well if they're going to stick at it if they're not going to fall away at the end of this year if they're going to follow through and make sure that Man City have to do all the things that they're supposed to do the way Liverpool did like Mm. Liverpool always pushed them even when it looked like it was inevitable that Man City were going to win Liverpool always pushed them
0: bring them to the last day
1: make them do it make them see it out yeah like um, that would be very important I think from Arsenal's perspective because otherwise it's a swoon and like all we did was we beat Chelsea but sure everybody beats Chelsea and you know
2: yeah well I don't know I'm sure Mikel Arteta uh, uh, they're, they're far outweighing everybody I know nobody wants to hear this because Arsenal have ended up in a race and they're thinking oh yeah they're in a race Like you should be disappointed if you don't win it now I'm really not I have to be honest I'm not disappointed how we are we're, we're, we're second in the league you're trying to convince me that it's still going I think Manchester City will just keep winning I, I think there's very little chinks in their armour at the minute and like I say with the 6 or 7 they can rotate I just think they're way too strong and like I say I'm very very fearful about this game on Sunday I think Newcastle are are excellent and we have to mention Eddie Howe's forceful season in charge looks like he's going to get Champions League football it's amazing stuff it really is Um, What do you think Arsenal will be like next season? It's hard to say it really it's all about the signings because like I said the 11 we have with Trossard if he doesn't start we've one or two on the bench and Ketia looks like he could be decent if we can keep Jesus fit as well we need a couple of signings we need uh, probably a centre half or cover another centre midfielder we're a couple of players away and if well we have Champions League football next season it's going to be very very difficult to compete on both fronts you're seeing how we, how we fell away in Europe in the lesser competition so we need to invest really, really well. But who wants to come to Arsenal to sit on the bench until Europe rolls around or, you know, be a bit part player? So it's going to be a very difficult mission. But a deal and the, the lads in the background have done really well getting players in. So I'm assuming they will do their work again and we'll get some diamonds and unearth a couple more. But it's all about the signings in the, in the off-season.
1: They're at a difficult situation with signings because, uh, as you say, if you come in, you're going to have to be really genuinely class mm. to get somebody out of the team. And yet the players who are in the team some of them are very good but we don't know if they're like we don't know if it doesn't look like Odegaard is at the De Bruyne level he
2: looks very good Yeah there's going to be an element of risk to every transfer isn't there because if they're established they're not going to come to want to sit on the bench so there's going to be an element of risk I get there it's a a funny transfer market Yeah because
1: like Trossard is is at a, a level where he's very good but is he actually so good that he's going to get in the team and look, he was cheap so that makes sense and Jorginho was cheap so that makes sense but I'm not sure that there are massive upgrades on the players so all you're doing is filling out with a middle tier of players a, a squad that's good but not great and you actually need
2: greatness if you're going to compete on two fronts
0: Yeah, especially against City
2: Yeah, look like I said it's, it's going to be very, very difficult does nobody really spring in the mind because anybody you think in and around Europe in the top leagues will want to go straight into that Arsenal team and you know you, you, i could ha- I could have a debate here for every individual arsenal player to, in the starting 11 for being player of the player of the season in that position so it's going to be very difficult to attract people i think there's going to be elements of risk but more often than not they've got it right with the transfers over the last couple of the last year or so two years they, maybe
1: they keep that with Declan Rice mm. so he goes straight in the team and he replaces granit jacka or he replaces party and they get rid of party
2: yeah, maybe Shaka. I don't Like Shaka, I, I've been. I think he's brilliant to going forward. He's excellent, but there's little things in the game. Like when he went, when he goes head to head with Trent Alexander-Arnold against Liverpool, you're thinking, "Don't get the crowd involved. What are you doing? Leave them disconnected." He's just silly little things like that that he could be better at. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, bring him, bring Declan Rice in as a you're going to start. I'd be like everybody's on a level playing field pre-season. Whoever impresses me the most is going to get the short. So it'd literally be doggy dog, and I would create an awful lot of competition within the middle. But the likes of Jorginho those likes of boys are decent signings to get you over the line in the Premier League this season but in terms of moving forward you know the DNA of the club the structure of the club it's going to be very tricky It is tricky
1: because the, the two signings that revolutionised Liverpool they were world class players and you had to pay world class fees for them so that's the market that is going to transform Arsenal like it was okay last year getting Zinchenko and Jesus but you can't just keep signing players You need like they need to find a, a Mo Salah and maybe because Saka is that
2: um, but the reason we only got uh, the reason we got Zinchenko and Jesus is because they knew Arteta from the Manchester City days and the players wanted that move I don't think there'd be a lot of players within Europe that would say yeah I'll go to Arsenal and Arteta if they didn't know him yeah. because it, see even those two signings were a little bit off the cuff you know? it just so happened to fall well so I don't know. Maybe we could raid Manchester City's reserves again. You know what? I mean, they're uh, <laughs>
1: pretty impressive sometimes. All right, the last game we need to talk about is uh, West Ham against Manchester United. Seven o'clock on Sunday evening on BT Sport. Um so Man United—they're having a bit of their own little, little mini spoon themselves. Got away with it against Villa a bit. Do you know, I mean,
0: well, if they were terrible against Brighton, or maybe Brighton was just very good. I think I, Brighton are very good, especially in the second half. And look, United would say they—you know—they could have scored within a a few minutes when Anthony had the chance Marcus Rashford had a few chances as well Brighton created plenty of chances but I think United's home form will get them over the line and you know they've, they've got Fulham on the last day of the season that would be the the insurance if they were taken to the last day of the season they'd be fine but the concern obviously is that last night's defeat means the top nine that they played they picked up one point away from home and that was against Spurs they lost to the other seven and they lost badly in some of those games so that's the job that Ten Hag has in his hands that first thing he had to do was turn Old Trafford into a fortress he's done that they've taken the scalps of all the the big teams around them now it's trying to turn that around away from home but look these things take time and there's just a few little things that you've noticed like even he decided not to play Ericsson last night and Ericsson is as good a signing as he's been but against those quality teams especially with midfield like Brighton where they absolutely sip it around you Ericsson, he I thought he had a really poor FA Cup semi-final which was obviously against Brighton as well so they definitely need more reinforcements in midfield there's only so much Casemiro can do and actually I've found as the season has gone on the more ground that he's had to cover the the bigger the struggle for him even last night now there could have been an arc of him, for him to get a second yellow card but you know he needs better
2: players in there around him as well Yeah and Luke Shaw could have got a second yellow yeah, I thought Shaw should have been sent off, and it, w- it wasn't even picked up when he gives. He just uh, he went tight to somebody in the middle of the pitch. I'm not sure if it's Matoma, but somebody rolls him. He gets a you know a pretty standard yellow card. No problem with that. But then when he gives away the penalty,
1: I think he, he got the yellow card from Mouton actually. Because yeah, even, yeah, so it, even then, it looked so like it, he hadn't touched him, and it was the kids, the um, the. 17, 18-year-old from South America who dived basically and was like oh you oh, him yeah, in the face yeah, and yeah. then he's screaming at the referee and the referee
2: shut up and see so yeah yeah, there was like a little clothesline wasn't it but it wasn't a lot yeah I remember it but then the penalty he's jumped with his hand fully extended in the air clipped it off the Brighton player's head and everything's all right it's an intentional handball as I've ever seen yet the ref has just let it go And look it means nothing because Brighton scored the penalty the game was over it's all right but I Just I, just something I noticed I, I, I couldn't believe it but It means a fair bit You might have to have Some Harry Maguire action uh, Over the last few games Of the season If he had had the uh, red card But um, if you're a manager Do you forgive that afterwards Or are you like What are you doing th- There's certain times You can't forgive it If that's an in-swinging ball And Shaw's tracking backwards And there's Somebody's behind him About to head it into the back You say fair enough he, He's done it He's saving a goal But it's an out-swinging ball mm-hmm. it's, on the, it's on the penalty spot It's going to have to be A world-class header To score from there Yeah it seemed a little bit needless for me and look I think United are just they're on the way down this season I think the they're, they're trying to motivate these these group of players for a race and tour in the league is, is just not they're just they're not interested in it really you know well, they've played a lot of games as well yeah well I yeah I think tour look you look at look at that defense they played last night Dallow left back shaw lindelof and Wambasaki like the individual they're all they're all decent players mm. but that as a back four you know that's not an elite club in England as a back four it really isn't and Look, I, I think, I've said it before, there's a couple of better teams than him in the Premier League this season. Even even Rashford, Rashford's dive last night, I was so disappointed with that dive. Like it, he's running there, you thinking he's 1v1, and a tiny bit of contact with the arms, and he just didn't seem to have to fight or the physical presence just to keep it in. And I was just really disappointed with a lot of United players last night. It looked a little bit fakey, but look, again, don't want to be too critical, because under 10 hack, they've come on leaps and bounds. Champions League football is the aim for them and it looks like they'll get that
0: and they have a trophy and another potential one Like the thing is you talk about motivation they will be motivated for that FA Cup final so if they finish in the top four League Cup and if they come away with the FA Cup then that's an unbelievable season for Ten Hag when you think of the improvements that still have to be made there's so much improvement that has to be made yet they finish top four and end up with two trophies
1: Yeah I guess it's, um, it's a real mixed bag with Manchester United you're feeling that the manager is really on it and he's managed to get really good performances from some players but that some of those players who is getting really good performances from this is as good as it's ever going to get and that's never going to be good enough to get close to competing so they need massive amounts of remedial like the squad needs to rotate really quickly now over the next 18 months
2: yeah, look, there's a, there's a couple of players they need in. The, the first one for me, you know, De Gea, there's question marks over him and goal. I'm not sure what Eric Ten Hag thinks, but the first part of the call for me is Juan bissaka Brilliant 1v1 defender, but if you're going to be uh, a footballing team like Eric Ten Hag wants to be with well, United, you know, playing the ball out to Juan Bissaki, can you in your, just, your mouth.
1: Can you not just stick him in centre back? Would he not be really good as a centre back? I, I, I think he's well, he clever
0: enough. Positionally, he just seems to switch off. And, and can you not Because train he knows that. he's so good at recovery that he seems to just think away you go but even when you look across the line sometimes and the three are there and wan is hanging back playing everyone on because he honestly sometimes just switches off but again I don't like he he did I think he did really well on Matoma again Excellent, last night yeah. as he did in the cup semi-final
2: uh, this is the, you know we talk about Trent Alexander-Arnold being brilliant going forward but can't really defend he's the, opposite. He's the absolute opposite yeah yeah I do wonder is there, like there's a value in having
1: that in your team because you know that you can negate something on the opposition and I'm not sure if Ten Hag is ever going to be one of those managers who goes out to to noble the opposition's best player and take them out of the game there's still there's still room for that mm. in the game but then you go through the rest of the team and like Varane is great when he's fit but he's only fit for you know, like 55 to 60% of every season ever so you know that yeah. you're going to have to have a replacement for them and then all of a sudden the rest of the center backs are an issue and it's like Okay, all the fullbacks are an issue. Casemiro's good, but can he play seventy games next season? Probably can't. It's not it's not fair. And then uh, all right, okay, so Rashford's good. And then okay, Anthony, I think they can get something out of. But like they still need five or six
0: players. Yeah, but this is the time it takes. And I think because it, it's it went so well up until about two months ago, and then they started to hit a wall almost. But you kinda of have to just perspective on this is that his first season when, when you weigh it up and you consider as well how they started the season exactly the, the and two look, defeats and
1: the other unknown is is, is the ownership going to change and if it doesn't well, then maybe this is as good as it gets you know uh, competing for a place in the Champions League and trying to win a trophy but not never competing for the, the actual league title
0: yeah but I mean things can change so quickly we don't know what's going to happen with Manchester City in terms of the off-field stuff the the charges against them and you know we up until a couple of months ago things were looking pretty good for United but the the lack of squad depth just let them down and I mean we're talking about Arsenal's squad depth as well that's where City are head and shoulders above everyone that if you're going to beat City you basically need like your first 11 to pretty much stay injury free for the whole season and then you have a chance and even that might not be enough but I I think yeah I think uh, United obviously could do it another centre half another two midfielders and they need a striker and But like that, that's four players. But yeah. that would make a huge difference.
1: I think the goalkeeper is an issue for if you want to play what Ten Hag. It seems what if like if Ten Hag is true to the who he was before, he wants mm-hmm. the goalkeeper to be more involved, and that's not what you're going to get with uh, De Gea. So
2: yeah, there's just a couple of couple of people you don't trust on the ball. De Gea can be good, he can be bad. Wambasaka, Maguire, Lindelof as well can be touch and go on the ball. So look, if, if you want to play out from the back the bones of your back straight away you need to, you need Can't to replace it look Varane's not bad on the ball but like you said he's probably 50% fit at the time so yeah there's going to be a big shake but, you know, but like I say probably overachieving this season so Eric Ten Hag he's done well although yeah. they, they've tailed off towards the end it's been a decent season and qualify for the Champions
1: League will give yeah. them extra resources and still be that draw so uh, it's not all bad the manager he knows what he's doing it's clear that he's, uh, he's very good so okay West Ham versus Manchester United 7 o'clock on Monday night
0: uh, oh man you're not away West Ham draw West Ham have been playing well recently uh, like we mentioned the City game and you know they lo- they end up losing 3-0 but you know they they were unlucky to lose to Liverpool they obviously got the the draw against Arsenal but Antonio Michael Antonio has been key to that he's back to the player that he was uh, you know when, when West Ham were going well so they're still you would worry about them defensively but they definitely are carrying more of a threat and attack so it's one of those if if United are wasteful like they have been the last couple of games away from home they could get stung but you feel that just one away win for United will, will wrap it all up Keith
2: I think it'll be a draw right. I, th- I think both teams will set up for the draw both have bigger things to to play for obviously West Ham are still fighting for their lawyers but I think they'll be okay I think the players probably think they're going to be okay just because the people Everybody else crap. are not good enough yeah, <laughs> not, nobody's going to catch them but like you say Manchester United have a final to play West Ham's still in Europe so I think they'll battle out a draw Alright
1: good stuff that is this week's episode of the Football
2: Kickoff with Sky all the football you love in one
1: place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports my thanks to Keith Tracy and Philly and we'll see you next week the football kickoff. With Sky. Watch every single live Premier League
0: game on Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports.